Are we ready? I'm ready. Let's go. All right, let's do it. Hey, I'm Ellie. And I'm Heidi. And we are the Moms Moms in in the the middle. Middle. Two Midwest moms talking about the nuances of pregnancy, birth, and parenting in our modern world. There is so much perceived polarization between the different decisions we make in early parenthood. Home birth versus hospital birth formula versus breast milk, and sleep training versus co-sleeping. But most of us find ourselves somewhere in the middle. From choosing the right provider for your birth to picking a preschool for your toddler, we are going to talk about how we weigh different opinions and follow our intuition to make the right choices for us. There's no right way to parent, and every family has different goals, values, and support. Let's meet in the middle and chat about it. Okay, got it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Moms in the Middle. Yeah. Hey, Heidi. Welcome to the 30s Club. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. (laughs) Me and my sister-in-law were talking this weekend because she turned 30 like two months ago, and we were like, oh, my gosh, it did not hit as hard as we thought it would. No. Like turning 30. But I think that's just because like when you're married and you have kids and everything, it's like you already feel – Like you're kind of like almost there. It doesn't feel as huge like existential crisis, right? Of like I'm 30 and I don't – I'm not like – I feel like I'm like – I don't know. I'm not where I expected to be at 30. Like, you know, when you're young, you're like think 30 is so much older than it is. Like that Mm -hmm. you're going to be like rich going on vacation to Cancun (laughs) like every summer or something at 30. Like that's not a reality. But um, but I do feel like, you know, I feel like my 20s were good to me and I'm like, I'm good with my 30s. I'm like, I'm happy about it. You turn 30 or like when you're in your 20s, 30 feels like, okay, I'm I'm an adult now versus Mm -hmm. like 18. Oh, yeah, totally. I'm in my 30s. <laughs> yes. It feels like there's like like you're the adultier adult. Like there's no going back of like people looking at you like as an adult. And it's just so funny. I guess my mom had me around when she was 30. But like when I think of my parents in their 30s, I think of them being like so old. You know, like when you're a kid, you're like that's – they're so grown up and old and like – I'm like, oh my gosh, that's like us now. Like, you know, young people look at us like we're like real adults. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, I also opened a Roth IRA this weekend too, so I was like, you know, oh. I'm just a real grown up. <laughs> yeah, big thing. Look at you. Yeah. That's awesome. I know. That's I was awesome. like, I've been self, I've been self employed like my whole mm-hmm. life, so I was like, you know, Joe has a decent, like we put a lot of money into his 401k in retirement, but I was like, I feel like 30, it's time. That even though I'm self-employed and everything, like I need to start being responsible and saving for my retirement. Yeah. Yeah. We've had, <sighs> we've had like through our jobs, my husband and I, we've had different mm-hmm. retirement accounts and whatever. And so when yeah. we've changed jobs, it's like, oh my gosh, like what do we do with those now? And I have this friend who yeah. um, works in like personal finance and she mm-hmm. is amazing at like telling us what we should do with our money and uh-huh. like help it continue to grow without really having mm-hmm. to put much into it. And so that's been nice. Like it's kind of like that yeah. security. Like we don't see it. It's there. It's growing. But yeah, yeah. retirement is just – it's there's so much – to learn. It's so stressful. And like, you know, my dad has been, so my dad is in finance, like in small, he's as like small, he's an accountant and does small business, like finance, financial planning. Anyway, so he's been telling me for forever, like, and I mean, I, I took many finance classes, like I know some of this stuff, but he's been telling me forever, like, you need to just start like really small, putting away some money for retirement. Like time is the biggest thing on your side. And in Mm -hmm. my head, I'm like, oh, like I still have so much student loans. I yeah. still have a little bit of credit card debt I got into in my younger 20s. I still want to like work on getting out of, you know, put more money towards. I still have, you know, a car loan, like all these things that I'm like, I feel like it's just better to just like put money off my debt. And then as I like, you know, have gotten like older, I'm like, really? It's like time is on your side with retirement. Yeah. Of like, if you start yeah. saving at 30 versus 35, it's like exponentially more money. Um, even just having a few extra years. So I was, you know, of course, like then I started listening to the financial feminists and listening mm-hmm. to her investing advice. And I'm like, oh yeah, dad, like I should have a retire. He's like, yeah, I've been telling you this for years. 
I'm like, but Tori told me, so I'm going to yeah. listen now. <laughs> but I did have... Yeah, yeah, but I'm like, the financial feminist told me that I'll do it. But I also like just, um, business wise to have, this would probably be like, I, we got some requests when I was chatting about this stuff. Um, when we were talking New Year's resolution stuff to talk about the business side of dual work and we should talk more about that. But I have an investment account like in my business. Um, but that like more like stocks and stuff that I like personally invest in stuff, but, um, it's like business money. So anyways. I did, I've been doing a little bit here or there, but I'm like, it's time for me to like, you know, now that actually like I'm getting out of just like, you know how when you first start a business, like you don't make any money like mm-hmm. the first couple years. So it's like I'm getting out of that phase where I'm like not just not making any money. So I'm like, I need to like build some good like financial right. patterns in my business and my life and actually start treating myself like an employee and not just like giving myself, giving everything up for like my business. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I need to treat myself mm-hmm. better as like an employee. So you sound like yeah. such a mature 30 year old. <laughs> such a big girl. Adult now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Weekend, what did you do to celebrate? It's a big one. So what'd you do? We had so much fun. Oh my gosh. Really with Brinley? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> it was for my 31st. Oh, good. Okay. So I was going to say that's not very fun. Um, Yeah, it was really fun. It is funny though. So like all of my friends, like literally every girl in my friend group, except for like one or two, has a baby under four months old or is pregnant. Like every single one. So they were not as like, yeah. Yeah. So I'm not pregnant. I don't have a baby, but I had kids like a little bit earlier than most of my friends in my friend group. So it was just, you know, they're kind of in that stage of life right now. Um, a lot of them are having their first or their second baby. So, which I'm happy for them, but, uh, yeah. So we went out, um, everybody came over for pizza. We went out on Friday night. I had like a girl's night with some of my friends and, um, and then we went out to this really cute, oh my gosh, I want to go back so bad for a date night. Um, it was called PS and it's like a speakeasy style bar downtown but it's like inside hotel phillips and they don't have any signs or anything and you have to like know where the door like you have to find the door mm-hmm. and then it's like an old basement mail room of like back when they had like mail rooms in the hotel it's mm-hmm. really cute and so we went there and it was just like very cozy vibes like it's very nice very cozy like couches and everything um, it was put together really nicely. And there was so many people there on first – I on what I assumed were first dates. Like, it's a great date spot. It was, like, a lot of, like, little tiny, like, cozy booths. So you can – and it's, like, mm-hmm. dark and stuff. So you can kind of, like, snuggle in the booths and kind of be, like – it's very intimate. But we were on, like, a little couch area, and it was really fun. We had a really good time. They, like, brought us out free champagne and everything. Awesome. Um But, yeah, we had lots of fun, but we were, like, mainly just chatting baby stuff the whole entire time because I was, like uh, – it was funny. So I had, like – I have, like, you know, a few – you know, like, as an adult, you kind of accumulate little friends friend groups from like different areas of life Mm -hmm. so I had like literally it was like one friend from every one of my like four groups of like groups of friends came to the came like could make it to my birthday party so none of them knew each other but they like it was actually almost better that way that it wasn't like you know three friends that all knew each other than like two who didn't or something but it was really funny so like they all didn't know each other but except for me and my sister-in-law they all had babies under four months old that were baby girls so I was like, we have so much to actually talk about. So we really just talked baby stuff the whole entire time, but we had lots of fun. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I, feel yeah. like, I do feel like when you are a mom and you're in mm-hmm. the thick of parenting, like when you do get together, you do end up talking about your kids. I know. But sometimes it's stuff. nice to, to just like – yeah, have a few drinks, hang out, like chat about your kids and everything. So we talked a lot about that um, and pregnancy and just all. Yes. Yeah. We had a really good time. And then I really wanted to go dancing like so bad. And so me and my sister-in-law and my brother went out to Power and Light because, of course, all my friends with four months old with four, two month old and four months old were like, um, 11 PM, like uh, it's the end of my night. And so just fine. And so we went to power and light and apparently power and light doesn't get busy until midnight. I'm like, oh, no. we got to 1130 <laughs> and I thought it was going to be like packed. And it's like, there was like 
eight people on the dance floor, maybe like just starting to like people starting to come in. So we had like one drink and then I was like, okay, I am not like we started to see some more people coming in, but I was like, there's no way I'm staying until like the place gets busy, then people get drinks, then people start dancing. Like that's gonna be like one AM and I do not have that in me. And I was like a pair like I was like, who starts partying at like one at like midnight, one AM? And then when I got home, my husband was like, That was normal for us back in our early twenties of like you start getting ready to go out at like ten PM and like See, that seems insane. That. Why? Why? I never did that. <laughs> like I I mean, obviously I Worked through college, like Cody and I are yeah. high school, you know, we were high school sweets are sweet. Yeah, so I was never a big partier before. either. Yeah, he was uh-huh. already like, you know, because he's and he's a little older than you too. Yeah, yeah. So he was already like in a job and working every day, and I was going to school and I was working, and like we just didn't, we just didn't have that like party phase in our younger days. Yeah, and then. And then once we got married and I was in nursing school, I graduated nursing school, that's when we started partying more. And honestly, because we were struggling through our infertility battle, like we had periods of time where we were just like, screw it. (laughs) Screw being careful. Screw not drinking alcohol, like all these things because it wasn't Uh working. We were just so frustrated. So we had more party days, but even then we were like, you know, at yeah. dinner by six, seven o'clock, like ready yeah. to go at like eight, nine. I it's know, I know. We it's went, insane. We went, not. And Light. we went to Power and Light back in March. We had not been in a long time and it was the same thing. Like, and it was even. Like no was one like, was there until early. Yeah, like there was all Gen Zers there. Like we were like the only millennials, and like they just are so cute with like their little outfits and everything. But they were all just like Snapchatting, they're dancing like the whole like every time they would like dance, they'd be like dancing and like Snapchatting. And so then me and V were like my sister in law were like pretending to Snapchat and like dance, and then we kept putting our hands up and we're like, oh no, we heard on TikTok that that's how they find millennials is that millennials put our hands up when we dance. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh my god! Apparently, apparently, they don't put their hands up with their hands. So we were just like joking around and and having fun. But it was it was really funny. But we we had a good time. But we didn't stay long. I was like, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to go home. But it was a really really fun night. So that's what I did Friday. Um, and then I had like three drinks the whole night. But I like never drink anymore. And so I like I pretty much don't drink at all, except for like occasionally, like on a night out or something, I'll have a drink. And so I was like a little hungover the next day I was like I mean I was fine but I was just like you know not feeling it the whole day um but yeah but we yeah I never really had a partying phase either I was like a really goody two-shoes when I was younger and like felt like in high school I was and then like in college like my husband is definitely way more of like the partier the fun one like high school and college and everything so like he would go out with his friends and I was just like that's so stupid it's so immature to like go out and drink and party like I was thought I was like so like holier than thou (laughs) and then now that I'm older I'm like gosh I really when I wish I went out and partied more when I was younger (laughs) yeah yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I kind of miss out because now, like, I don't really want to. I'm too tired. I think it's like, you know, I feel old, like, when I go out to, like, you know, something like that. Like, I feel like, you know, kind of out of place. But it, yeah, it was just funny. Now I'm like, gosh, I really wish. I think just because, like, like you guys, like I was in a monogamous long-term relationship so young in life, I felt mm-hmm. like I had to act like I was like an old, like older, like like how married people act. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where I was like, or like how people in long-term relationships or who are married, like act. I was like, I like, we could have still went out and had fun just because we're not yeah. like going home with some random person. Doesn't mean we can't like still go out and party together and have fun and like everything like that. So anyways, mm-hmm. but you know, there's always regrets you know, like, in life. <laughs> you have like more money too to like spend on. Oh, sure. Alcohol. Yeah, to, like, actually go out to, like, the nicer yeah. places and have fun and all that stuff. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah. 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 But I, did, I, mean, I definitely did. I definitely did my one year in college, like, my first year of college when I wasn't with Joe and I was back in Pennsylvania. 
I definitely went to my fair share of like frat parties and stuff, but I just was never one to like, I have too much anxiety. Like I'm not drinking jungle juice and like getting drunk in front of a bunch of frat boys. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not. And so like, I never was one to really like let go. Mm -hmm. It's a control thing for me. Like I don't like drinking to the point where I feel like out of control of like, Mm-hmm. what I'm saying what I'm doing like I don't like that and I never have so I think it's more like me that either. for me and it's like yeah. that as an adult too like I if I do drink mm-hmm. I mean it's only a few drinks I'm very very like I'm a sipper and yep like a slow drinker drink. while eating while drinking like not yeah. just like chugging doing shots yeah, anything like that I no. don't have to drink to like dance me either. I love and so it's kind of funny. I don't know if I told you the story, but we sang karaoke at Joe's company party. And I like I, I made Joe sing karaoke with me. And I was like, what's the like, what is there like a line? Like, do we have to set up? They're like, no, you just have to be drunk. And I was like, unfortunately, I don't have to be drunk to sing karaoke in front of 200 people. Like, I don't care. <laughs> I've never sang karaoke. I'm fine dancing. Oh, I'm a horrible singer, but I will do it. (laughs) And my husband is like, he has to be drunk in order to like dance. Yes. At least have had a few drinks to in order to like dance or like get in front of people and do. Yes. Now that's so Joe was like, yeah, no, I have to be drunk, and he took a shot at the bar before we went up. (laughs) But he um he like grew up so southern baptist that like they weren't allowed to dance so he and they weren't allowed to like listen to music that wasn't like instrumental music like piano Mm -hmm. music like any like rock music i mean of course he like didn't listen to that rule a lot but like (laughs) generally he wasn't allowed to like listen to music that you could dance and stuff so like the first couple years of his like adult life just the most awkward person on a dance floor like i mean he wanted to be so he wanted to be a good dancer he gave it his all but just like very awkward but he's recovered like now you know it's been like 12 years he's been out of his house he has recovered and now he he can like have a lot of fun without drinking or anything but definitely like in his earlier years i think alcohol like helped him loosen up a lot because he was like didn't have that like muscle had not been um had not been strengthened throughout his life of like loosening <laughs> up and having fun and stuff so but no my parents like my family were the type of people where we would literally sometimes like put on music after like dinner and like my dad would be on the table dancing like we were like very fun <laughs> they were pretty fun um yeah yeah with that. with no alcohol needed but but yeah so we so I had a fun Friday Friday night you know, like I said, I'm like, I'm in the phase now where like my kids are sleeping better. I'm coming out of my shell more that I'm coming out of that like phase of parenting that I'm like, I want to go out. Like I want to stay out and stay out late till 11, you know, and stuff and everything. And then like, but then my my friends aren't, but, but it's okay. Like I still love them. They're still my friends, but it's just different phases of life a little bit. Um, but yeah, so we did that Friday and then Saturday we didn't really do anything. We had a, like one of our um, good friends, their daughter's birthdays this weekend too. So it was her first birthday. So oh, yeah. we went to her birthday party um and then um Sunday was so much fun so Joe um like I slept in and then Joe went around and got me like multiple different fast food breakfast items from different places that I like and like a hot coffee to wake up to with the kids so like I slept in and then I woke up to like breakfast like fast food breakfast and coffee and everything but it was really sweet and then um I opened my present oh yeah go ahead what is sleeping in for you? What time? So like, I mean, so he is like, oh, you can sleep in as long as you want. And like 830, I'm just like <laughs> wide awake. Like I can't sleep any longer. <laughs> but the nice thing about it, though, was that like I, 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 what I really miss about sleeping in is not sleeping in, but laying in your bed until you want to get up. Mm-hmm. Like not your yep. kids like, because you wake up and then your kids are on you in bed being like, get up right now and, and perform, like make me breakfast, get me dressed for school. Like, you know, and so, so I was like, so I just like laid in my bed till like 930, like scrolling TikTok, like not doing anything. Um, and then they came in and then I heard them come in the house. I was like, oh, you guys can come in, like whatever. And then we ate breakfast um, and I opened my presents and 
It was really sweet. I mean, I got like a few different presents, but then Joe, very sweetly, he got me a present, but then he also put aside, he'd been like putting aside cash the last couple of months that he had gotten so I could go shopping without it like coming out of our budget. So he's been like putting aside cash. He's just like, yeah, it was so sweet. So it was so thoughtful because he knows I like to shop, but he's like, I didn't want, even if I told you like, oh, go spend a hundred bucks on yourself. It's like hard to see it come out of the bank account or like, you know, cause it's like you budget for it and everything. And so it's just like free money. Anyways, it was just fun to just go shopping by myself. I like got a smoothie yeah. and went shopping. And um, so, yeah, we just kind of chilled. My brother came over and my sister-in-law for a little bit before they left town. And then um, we went out to this new ramen place that was so good. Casey Craft Ramen, shout out in Overland Park. <laughs> um, and it was so good. And it, it, it's been like, it's brand new and it's been like packed. Like our friends said they tried to go and it was like a line like wrapping around this like the yeah. restaurant to get in. And so so I was like, this is actually the perfect day to go because it was the Kansas City Chiefs game. Shout mm-hmm. out Chiefs. Go Chiefs. Yeah, go hopefully, Chiefs. Yeah. Hopefully they're not, they don't lose the next game and get out of the playoffs by the time this airs. But that game was awesome last night. It was so good. I literally was like crying for the kicker of the Bills. Like I felt so I bad. I'm like, I want the Chiefs to win, but I feel I was like, I feel so bad for him missing that field that field goal. Oh my gosh. Like I know. But but how about them Chiefs? They were so good. So yeah. So it was really yeah. chill there because like I think, you know, so we got a table, whatever, because I mean it was still busy, but it wasn't like that level busy because I think most people were you know, at sports bars or at home to watch the Chiefs game. Mm-hmm. But it was really, really yummy. It was so good. And then we stopped and got ice cream on the way home and watched the game. And it was just a really nice. fun birthday. Yeah, it was just, like, really chill. But, yeah, yeah. but just really fun. So, cool. so, yeah. So cool. And you had a TikTok go viral. So let's Oh, yes, it did. <laughs> yes, I did. When I first started seeing it go viral, I kind of, you know, like, I – I don't know. You don't really post on TikTok as much, but like when a TikTok in history, when the TikTok goes viral, it's like usually you're just like, okay, buckle up because like it gets mean comments and nasty comments and people fighting and then some positive comments, like whatever. So like I haven't had TikTok go viral in a while. And so when it started to get picked up, I was like, oh no, like it's going to be my whole weekend. I was like monitoring the comment section. Yeah. And sometimes I just don't look like sometimes I just, you know, kind of get like the gist and then just kind of like don't really look. But honestly, the comments were overwhelmingly positive. Like I would say like 1% of the comments were like, I don't know, or like, you know, argumentative a little bit, but like overwhelmingly positive. So I was like this, because I thought it was going to be a controversial opinion. So I was like, Mm -hmm. we should, we should talk about this on the podcast because I think it's obviously something people want to talk about or like Mm -hmm. relate. Yes. Relate to. Yeah. So, um, I'll have to post the post. I haven't posted on Instagram yet because I do think it'll be more controversial on Instagram than it is on TikTok. Um, It really depends on the platform. It does, yeah. And so maybe I'll post it leading up to this um, <laughs> this podcast airing or when it airs or something because people are going to be like, what What are you talking about? Um, but I just definitely feel like so – it's, so it's about kind of gentle parenting and stuff. And I, or, or I guess a lot of people in the comments were like, it's permissive parenting. It's not gentle parenting. So I guess – like so I guess the it's video you know, you was the video I stitched. Yeah, yeah. So I'll talk about what the TikTok is for those who haven't seen it. Yeah. But I'll try to I'll try to get it on my social so you can catch so you can watch the the actual video um if you want to. So pretty much there was this girl on a podcast who she does not have kids. She's an aunt, um, and she was at her sister's house, and she's a Mormon, and she has like lots of kids or whatever. And she, her sister all day was like. I can't wait to watch this TV show with you. I've been waiting to, you know, I want to I want to show you this TV show. Like when the kids go down for nap, we're going to watch it, whatever. And so they've been like waiting all day to watch the TV show together. The sister who has the kids is really excited. And then um, she puts her kids down for nap. And then I guess her three-year-old pops up from her nap like five minutes later and comes into her room and is like, I'm not taking a nap. I want to watch Moana. And so then the sister, the sister, the mom puts on Moana for her and then just starts like silently crying and says to her sister like, 
I never have a moment to myself. Like I never have any time to myself, anything. And the sister who doesn't have kids was like, this is the saddest thing about parenting, about motherhood, like, and whatever. And pretty much like, I never want to have kids. Like this is like, it's so hard, whatever. So I stitched it and was just talking about like how important boundaries are with kids. And like, you can say no. And like, you're the parent. And for like some reason, I feel like, the gentle parenting world has be has turned into a lot of permissive parenting of like just letting the kids kind of like in this because like gentle parenting is all about respecting your kids right mm-hmm. so like it's about like respecting your kids as people valuing mm-hmm. who they are as people and respecting that but I think there's been this like misconception and especially in the people who like don't want to do the hard work or maybe have trauma that like it's hard for them to put in boundaries with their kids of just like in respecting their kids, letting them have like a free for all over like yeah. the house and their and their time and their life and everything, and turning yeah. motherhood into like martyrdom, right? Of like you're a martyr yeah. as a mother, like that's that's your role is just to martyr yourself to your family, and so that's what my my video was about. Of like it's okay to say no, it's okay to have boundaries. Like we have a quiet time in my house where my kids go down for an hour every single day, and if they don't want to sleep, like. They don't have to sleep, but they have to be in their rooms for an hour every single day. And, like, I don't give up that time. Like, that's my time to watch TV or read a book or, like, do whatever I want to do. And, like, of course, barring, like, they're sick or there's, like, an emergency or they need to go potty or, like, whatever. Like, that hour is, like, mom time. And, like, same with bedtime. Like, we have a strict bedtime. And, like, after that is mom and dad's time to, like, have Mm -hmm. our time for the night and everything. And so I guess I just – so I was like, well, obviously people – like so many people were responding and being like, I see this all the time of like parents not having boundaries at all with their kids and um, kind of using it as like this is gentle parenting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of like gentle parenting is yeah. is that. So I guess, yeah, let's just talk about it. You, yeah, saw, the, you saw the TikTok. Yeah. I mean with gentle parenting – like you said, like respect has to go both ways. So yes, mm-hmm. we're talking to, you know, we're talking to our kids in a respectful manner and respecting mm-hmm. their their boundaries and their needs. We're not yelling and, at them. Yeah, and teaching them how to um process their emotions and cope with, you know, disappointment and you know, stuff like that. But like it goes both ways. So We have to teach them how to do that for us too, you know? Absolutely. And And I think that there's this – I think there's this misconception too of like that sense there has to be respect both ways, that there's like – there's not – like we still have to – we're still the adults. Like we Mm -hmm. still have to parent. Our role is to teach our kids to like be grown adults and like how the world functions and how the world – like how they fit into the world – And I think that especially like with our generation, I think a lot of us feel like our like creativity or our sense of self was like quelled. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like people were like you have to fit into this box kind of thing. And so like our sense of like our sense of um, identity or something was was quelled. And then in that we're catering too much to our child's individual self that then we're not teaching them how to like fit into a world that – is not going to treat them like their mom and dad treats them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you see this at all because I know your kids go to daycare. I don't know if you see this at all. I feel like kids who go to who have to go to childcare have a little bit have a lot of structure in mm-hmm. their day, right? Yeah. Versus like people yeah. who are like stay at home moms and stuff like that. But I, I personally, and like my sister is a doctor of criminology. She has multiple degrees in psychology and sociology and stuff like that. But she always says like kids thrive so much inside of structure and boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of like yeah. knowing, like knowing what to expect. Oh yeah. And I think that that, like I see that, you know, when we have long weekends where they're, mm-hmm. with that, you know, I mean, cause we're, you know, our home life is not near as structured as, mm-hmm. As daycare is like they have very yep. set, you know, schedules and things when, you know, when they go outside and when they eat lunch and yep. when they lay down and, you know, like we just don't have that strict of a structure at home. We still do oh, yeah. those things, 
games, but you know, so Mm -hmm. when we have long weekends and stuff, I definitely see that. I'm like, okay, it's time for us to get back. Like, and I need it too, you know, like in the routine. Yeah. So I definitely, I definitely see that. But I do think that, I do think that sometimes it can be challenging to navigate, um, Mm -hmm. setting boundaries and yeah. And that was the biggest, that was the biggest like negative comment on my post was just like, sometimes you just have to give in for your sanity. Like you can't, you don't have the wherewithal that day to be like putting your screaming three-year-old back to bed over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. I just also feel like though, I think something that isn't like talked about enough is how it can be very difficult to set boundaries like with your toddler and deal. Cause I definitely feel like we went with that. We went through that phase Mm -hmm. for like two years with my oldest, which again, like we are not experts in any of this guys. Like we have our oldest is (laughs) almost five and five. Like we are brand new to like childhood parenting, that kind of stuff. And so this is just like what we're figuring out how to navigate it. And like all the, you know, all the information online, like all the information about how you should be parenting and what's the best way you're not going to screw up your child and everything. Like we're figuring that out in real time right now, like how to navigate that. Um, And so like, but I definitely feel like I'm flying by the seat of my pants. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like though, so like we had this phase, I feel like between like two to four, where it was, like, really difficult. Like, Alda was always pushing. You know what I mean? Like, always pushing back against every boundary, every schedule. Like, everything that we'd set was, like, a pushback. And then I really feel like after four, it was, like, that was difficult. But by setting, like, boundaries around, like, what were our expectations of her, um, like, I feel like we've gone to a much easier phase now where, like, she knows how she's supposed to act, how she's supposed to treat other people around the house and like what is expected of her. Like she can't put her feet up on the table. Like that's a huge thing. She used to always put her feet up on the table. And so like we had to set very strict, you know, boundaries around like this is the proper way to like eat with people so that she's not going to restaurants and putting her feet up on the table and stuff and everything. <laughs> and so like, but like setting those strict boundaries like consistently, it's like it might be really difficult in those moments, but like sticking to like your guns really helps like long term then learn like the confines of like and that's you know not and I think so many people like I feel like so like my parents were very balanced I feel like of like they were not very like we definitely had rules we definitely had boundaries we definitely got in trouble like all that stuff but like our it, we never got in trouble for things that were just like us as individuals do you know what I mean like we never got in trouble for like us being ourselves does that make sense right. of like just being mm-hmm. like, oh, no, I don't I don't like that you like to talk that way or like to do that or whatever. And so like we're going to discipline that, which I I know like my husband had more of. And so he has a more difficult time setting boundaries because I think he just had so many rules that he felt like he couldn't like be himself at all. Um, he was just like always worried about messing up and getting into trouble. So he has like a harder time. But I feel like my family, my parents were like very balanced in their approach that it's mm-hmm. easier for me to be balanced because I also see where like it was good for me to have like boundaries and rules and stuff. But that was a huge thing that was talked about a lot in the comments was like millennials generally had very authoritative parents um, mm-hmm. like generally as a population. And so they are like not, and they have trauma from that. So they're trying not to like replicate their trauma by doing like the complete opposite, which is then causing its own slew of problems of what we see in classrooms now of like, you see teachers yeah. all over social media being like, kids have never heard the word. No, they don't know how to, how to listen to authority. They don't know how to sit in like any sort of classroom structure. Like I can't manage 20 kids different individual needs all day like they have to know how to have some structure like in the classroom and stuff like that which I think is like a huge problem that we're I have teacher friends and I have friends that substitute and Mm -hmm. those that sub are like I do it because I need the money but it's Mm -hmm. it's all yeah and it's not any one kid. It's just um, awful because of the environment. The collective. 
yeah children and their behavior yeah yeah Yeah. i mean i had one one friend who was substituting and um she saw some students like throwing pencils at this kid and she you know told them multiple times like we're not gonna do that stop throwing the pencils you know and they're like oh no we're not doing that we we didn't throw pencils and she's like i saw you Mm -hmm. (laughs) we're not doing that and um you know it got to the point where she had to have like the um principal come in and talk to them to the class because but don't you feel like there's no there's no like backbone and again like I'm not in the class. My kids aren't in kindergarten yet, whatever. But don't you feel like there's no backbone of there's, like, kids aren't afraid of anything? Like, there's no, like, okay, what's the principal going to do? Tell my parents? Well, I'm not going to get in trouble at home for it. Like, don't you feel like that's, like, I mean, of course, it's not, like, the whole problem. But, like, if I – I would never, ever act out in class because I was terrified of getting into trouble by anybody who was in authority, let alone that being brought back to my parents – that mm-hmm. I was acting disrespectfully towards people, I would have been like grounded for okay. months if I was acting okay. disrespectfully to a teacher like that. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. And so yeah. I just feel like there's no, like they don't have, like kids don't, my like, kids nowadays, they don't have like a sense, a sense of, of like, of authority, of like people are in authority over them, which I think is back to that, like there's a way we can respect children. And their autonomy and their boundaries and things like that, while also being the parent and being like and being respected back as an authority figure, like mm-hmm. over them. And I just know, so like, I guess yeah. So like, we're in the younger years of all of this stuff. We're not in like the school yeah, age I mean, teenagers, I feel like we're just, whatever. We're just getting to that point with our oldest kids. That mm-hmm. you know, one they recognize and truly like really understand the boundaries and the the relationship between parent and them and and all of that where they're really starting to understand that um but yeah anyways i just feel like we're just now getting to that point yes yes and what we're trying to figure out like how do we parent our now kids they're not toddlers anymore right with making them respectful children and respectful in classrooms and respectful to authority. Like I feel like I'm trying to figure that out of how do I make my child go to kindergarten next year and make sure she listens to the teacher and make sure she respects the authority over her and stuff like that. And isn't like being like one of these kids that I hear about on social media. And I think that like, so, cause we both kind of are more like attachment parent, gentle parenting style for sure, Mm -hmm. especially in Mm -hmm. the baby years. And I think this is where my like shift has come because that is definitely, and I want to talk about this in another TikTok cause I got asked this about like breastfeeding of like, how do you set boundaries with breastfeeding, which I've talked about in other social media posts mm-hmm. about the boundaries that I've set with my toddler as we as yeah. we progress into breastfeeding. But I but I think that there's this like I do think that like attachment parenting, especially in the first three years of life, there's a lot of research to show how how much kids need like that set solid parental figure in their first three years of life when their brain is doing like the most development to feel like secure like they need to feel really secure in their parental relationship so that they can like flourish and learn independence out here because they have this here that they know they can always come back to Mm -hmm. and so like I tend to lean towards that attachment parenting style and toddlerhood and then with my oldest like once we were reaching that age more where she's coming out of like she was not nursing anymore. She's coming out mm-hmm. of like being attached all the time. She's doing like preschool and gymnastics and like doing more things outside the home. We had this really difficult shift where I was like trying to follow a lot of the like gentle parenting and attachment parenting advice. But it was not working for us like at all. Like it was plummeting our relationship. It was making her insecure. It was making her just like a terror, honestly. And so like a lot of the people who I followed before that, like big little feelings and like other gentle parenting accounts, of course I use some of their stuff. Like we use timers and stuff, but things like their methods around like, okay, like this is how you leave a park. And like, this is how you do, like we use a timer to leave the park and stuff like that. But like when they were like, oh, we say bye-bye to the park. And then like, we do this, we do that. I'm like, this is not working for me. It's just ending in a meltdown every single time. Like this 
talking and explaining and in real time helping them work through their feelings about leaving the park and like that kind of stuff was like not working at all and just creating like all of us being miserable of like Alda would put fits because she knew that she could keep making fits and we could stay there talking through it Mm -hmm. and I feel yeah I feel like you just that like they're getting to this point where they have their own per- like i mean they've got their own personality they mm-hmm. are able to hold an entire conversation with you you know they mm-hmm. understand exactly what you're saying and your tone of yep. voice and all of that and yeah like the all of those things like say bye bye to the park and you know we'll see it next it just doesn't it just doesn't work when they're two like when they're two maybe or like little toddlers like okay bye bye or whatever and also like we got to a point where it's like you can't physically pick them up anymore and just walk Mm -hmm. them away like where they're Mm -hmm. fighting you and stuff and it was Mm -hmm. like a safety thing if I'm like what if Alda goes rides into starts riding to the street I'm not gonna be like Alta, wait, let's talk through why this isn't a safe situation. Like, I needed her to respect my authority enough to listen to me. This is what I said. And you are listening this very, very moment to me. I will say when safety is a concern, I kind of do throw gentle parenting out the window. Um, In a sense of like, it is urgent that you listen to me right now. And... Mm -hmm there's usually a little bit of a battle there and then we circle back. So that's where it kind of like, it's kind of in the middle because we circle back. I don't mm-hmm. leave it at that. But like later back. when we're in a safe situation, yeah. let's talk about why that was not let's safe. You needed to listen to mommy. Let's, yeah. Let's yeah. Um, yeah. And I feel like it's, that I, does help. So that when that happens uh-huh. the next time they wreck, cause they're still in, you know, they're still young enough that they don't recognize they're not thinking ahead. They're not recognizing the danger. Like we do that in playing and mm-hmm. playing in the house. Like there's things I'm like, mm-hmm. we need to think about why we're swinging that around. I'm not just going to sit here and be like, please don't swing that around. I've told you don't swing mm-hmm. that around. We're not going to swing that around. You know, like, Hey, like, you might hurt your sister if you're swinging yeah. that around. Like, that's why I don't want to do that. It's like, no, like stop no, right now. Put stopping. that down. <laughs> before mm-hmm. someone gets hurt because it's yeah. a safety issue so i feel like yeah. that's kind of where i like draw that line is when safety is a concern um that more authoritative it, voice comes yeah. out of like no this is not so we personally yeah so we we tried like the time ends which i know yeah. like big little feelings is huge about of like we and I think that this is so individualized for kids' personalities because we were trying time ins with Alta of like she would get, you know, warnings and then if she didn't listen, she'd get a time in where like we'd sit with her in her room, we'd let her calm down, and then we'd like talk about her or whatever. Personally for her, it was rile it was making it was riling her up so much more. Like she needed like alone time to like come down from the like big emotion that she was having when we were there, it would just like ricochet over and over and over again. And so we, um, when you're mad at being in your face, like you're already mad at them. You don't want to see their face. Because I do that with, like, Joe. Like, if we're fighting, I'm, like, I need to go in my room. Like, if we're getting to a point where it's just, like, unhealthy amounts of just, like, fighting. Like, we're just arguing because we're just mad. It's, like, I need to go. We need some time apart to think through what we're actually feeling. Get Let our emotions settle down and then, like, come back and talk about it later. Um, And so we – For me right now. 100%. And so we ended up implementing – this book we switched around the age of like three and a half when just I felt like everything I was like reading online for a toddler and preschool age just like was not working for us at all we switched to one two three magic which is a book have you heard of this book no okay I didn't know if I've mentioned it before so it's pretty much like you count one two three and then at three they get a consequence and so you do zero motion like that's one And then you wait for their behavior to change. And then if it doesn't change, that's two. And then if it doesn't change again, like those are the two warnings. And then three means consequence. So like we usually do timeout. 
if we're out somewhere, it means when she gets home, she gets time out. Or sometimes it's like she loses a show time or she loses time on her, you know, on doing something she likes to do, like something like that. Yeah. So it's a consequence, yeah. like a clearly defined consequence. So usually we say like, we would like you not to do that. If you keep doing that, this is going to be the consequence. She does it. That's one. If she does it, that's two. If she doesn't, you know, that's three. Honestly, it has been magic for us which is the point of one two three magic of like when she first learned when she learned like the boundary of like of like we enforced it enough enough times over the first like month or two that she learned that we meant it at three because at first it was like at two like just give me a little bit longer just let me think whatever when she learned that like there was not going to be the arguing back and forth it was just going to be at three and then that's it um it has worked so much better that now if we're like, that's one, she's like, okay, I'll do it, you know, whatever. Okay, I'll stop, like that kind of stuff. But we try not to use it on things that like should be a discussion. Do you know what I mean? Like those behaviors that's like, we need to discuss like why this is not okay. Like we try to use it on those things that's like, we need you to go wash your hands. And then she's just like, I don't want to wash my hands. I don't want to. And then we're just like, okay, that's one. Like we're not going to argue we're not we're not going to negotiate with a dictator because I always or a terrorist. We're not going to negotiate with the terrorists. That's what I always say to Joe. <laughs> um, like if you want to throw fit, like that's up to you. But like you're going to have the consequence at three. But another interesting thing about it is that you don't talk about it after three like after mm -hmm. their timeout that's the theory behind one two three magic which is why we don't use it for the behaviors that like we want yeah. to use that, that as a learning tool yes mm -hmm. that, that it's like three is the consequence and after the consequence it's over so like after yeah. the consequence they come out of their room and you're just right back into like they have to do the thing after they come out of their room yeah. but it's like right back to normal life um and and honestly it has been so freeing in our household and i also think so amazing for alda like she spends so much less time unhappy like so much yeah. less time throwing fits unhappy because she truly goes into her room has her consequence works her way down from her big emotions and then she comes out like nothing has ever happened and just like right back into happy and play and it's been yeah. so so great for us and it really was something that we implemented when it became like a that safety issue of like she's not little anymore she's like mm -hmm. doing more things out with people we needed like a we needed like some kind of like disciplinary method that like my mom could do you know and stuff and um something interesting about it too is that they say like don't if the child isn't going into their room, like you don't physically like pick them up and throw them into their room, like throwing a tantrum, right. you give them a timeout like in their space. So like if they're throwing a tantrum in the living room and you said three, like you leave the environment and like just let them have their, you know, whatever, however many minutes like in there, mm -hmm. like in their own space during the tantrum. And that, I mean, honestly, we don't have to do that anymore at all because Alda just stops like her behavior yeah. usually after two. Um, but that was so good for us because my mom like physically couldn't pick up Alda and like make her go into yeah. her room. But also it just was like kids like at that age, I felt like she was just throwing tantrums to get our attention. And so it was mm -hmm. giving her more attention of like picking her up and putting her into her room and picking her up and putting her into her room and picking her up and putting her into her room, which is like more and more attention on her where we're just like, okay, you're going to throw your fit. Like, we're not going to be a part of this. Like you need to yeah. like have your own time. And honestly, I'm like, I feel like in the way that like gentle parenting is on social media, if I share that people would be like, you're so cruel for like, a I've literally heard like people on big little feelings be like, you are abandoning your child. If you like leave them to cry alone in their room, like that is like trauma. And I just can't get on board with that. I think that there has to be a middle ground between letting your child just have run wild with their emotions all the time and not teaching them boundaries and expectations around how they're going to act around people and their emotions around like how being like, that's not okay to have that emotional response, such a little thing. And then on the other side, like hitting your kids and spanking them, that's like, and like getting mad at them for every little tiny thing and screaming at them. Like there has to be a balanced middle ground be two, between these two extremes yeah, where we have children feel, respecting adults. Right. So I, I, I also tried like, you know, when Brax was mm, like two, between two and three, uh -huh. like started trying the um, time in together. And uh -huh. sometimes I felt like it worked. And other times mm -hmm. I felt like you said, like it just made it worse. And yeah. 
So I kind of started getting to the point where I would ask him, like, do you want me to be in here or do you want time with on your own? Uh-huh. And, and then a lot of times he'd be like, no, I want to be by myself. I'm like, okay, uh-huh. I'm going yeah. to walk out and I am still here if you need me. And so now I feel like it is like more that where I know that he more often than not needs to be alone and has the yep. time. And honestly, because we worked on that early on, there's a lot of times where he will even tell me that before. Of like, like, I need to be alone. I need to be alone. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. I need to just be by myself. And it, I mean, it's just like so much, it's so helpful. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And so I just, you know, again, I think uh, there needs to be that middle ground between like abandonment and, you know, yeah. whatever. And so I just always make sure that he knows that I'm here. Like, even if I'm not in there with him, like, I'm still here. If you want to talk, I'm here, but I'm going to let you be by yourself to, like, figure this out and calm yourself down. Um, Mm -hmm. And I try not to be, like, authoritative, like, where you have to sit in that one spot and you cannot touch any toy or anything like that. Like, I want him to do whatever he needs to do to calm down. So it's like if he yeah. wants to be in his room and play for a little bit on his own, if he needs to work with some like sensory stuff, like I don't care. But yeah, like, that's how we are too. Yeah. You know. And then circling back around, like, do you understand why you're in timeout or why mm-hmm. you needed space? Like, do you understand? Like, you're not going to talk to me that way. I'm not going to allow you to talk to me that way, you know? And this is what we can yeah. do better next time. Like, those are big. Don't you think? I feel like, and I, again, do not have this figured out. It doesn't work every time. Oh, yeah. Um, But I do, I have noticed that through those things, like naming feelings and going back and talking about it, like it does make a difference later on down the road because there's Mm -hmm. been times where he's like, I started, I started using this phrase. I say, you can be Mm -hmm. mad, but you can't be mean. So like, oh, that's good. You can be mad, but you do not get to throw punches. You do not get to. You throw get to be mean toys. to other people. Yeah, you can't because be you're mean mad. To yeah, anybody. Like you can be mad all you want, but you are not going to be mean. And um, I started using that, and it has worked even with my daughter. Um, mm-hmm. at, you know, she's not even two. Yeah, and she totally gets it. Like she totally gets it. She will stop mm-hmm. right then. Um, and she might still like throw a fit, but she will not like hit or kick or, you know, anything like yeah. that. And so I've really liked that phrase. Um, I just think it's made a big difference. But there's been times even where my oldest, he's he's said like, I want to hit you right now. But I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. like he's not. But he's I just know, saying I'm not, that, like, I can't. Yeah. I'm feeling like I want to hit you. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. But that goes, so that goes back to that. like. So that goes back to like boundaries and like mm-hmm. I feel so strongly that especially when it comes to us as moms, like our bodies and our bodily autonomy, that mm-hmm. it is like – and with things like that, like teaching them appropriate bodily responses to like their anger, isn't that so important to teach kids at such a young age because we talk so much as adults about like setting boundaries with our friends, setting boundaries with our parents and like things like that. But, like, what about setting boundaries with our kids? Because if we're going to raise kids who, like, especially sons who, like, respect women and hold their boundaries and respect their boundaries and everything like that, like, how important is that? That, like, we as their mothers are letting them know that, like, we are allowed to have boundaries. And I do that sometimes with my kids of, like, if I don't want to be right, like, I'm feeling touched out and they're yeah. on me and they're snuggling and everything. Like, especially, like I said, like, early babyhood, like, obviously you can't just be like, sorry, baby, like, I don't want to nurse you right now or something. Like, that's completely different. But, yeah. like, in toddlerhood, in preschool years, being, like, I say with my son, like, no, mommy doesn't feel like nursing right now. Like, or mommy doesn't want to, like, mommy needs a little bit of time to herself. Like, you can snuggle your teddy bear um, or something like that. Like, I feel like that's so important. If we're talking all about this, this stuff as with adults and, oh, our husbands need to respect our boundaries and, like, all that stuff as, like, adults and trying to, like, retroactively put all these, like, boundaries and respect and bodily autonomy in place and then we're letting like in this situation that I sit just like our kids walking all over like our boundaries and our bodily autonomy 
You know what I mean? Like of not like and like isn't that so important to not to teach our daughters to stand up for themselves and like what they what they want and then also like and also our sons too. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is so important. And yeah. I mean, I definitely have, you know, my threshold is different from day to day. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I yeah. have more patience and understanding and other days I'm like, I just don't have it. Like, I just yeah. I can't. I don't yeah. have the capacity for, for this. Um, and I think that's just part of part of parenthood. You know, some days yeah. you. Yeah, no, I totally get it. Some days you feel like you're rocking it and other days you're just like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? No, I, I agree. I agree. But yeah. I yeah. I do. think that like I hate that people don't want like people are like afraid to have kids because of the negativity that's out there. Yes. Yeah. Of like of the the idea that like like I said you earlier, like happy. motherhood is martyrdom. Like, you have to give up everything for your children. I don't like that. I also, like, like, again, like, I think you give up a lot to have kids. Like, I think it's a huge responsibility. Like, I'm I'm not saying that it isn't. But I think that there are a lot of people, a lot of mothers who there's also this narrative of, like, well, you chose this. So, like, mm-hmm. you now are responsible to give everything to your kids because you chose to have kids. Like, you're responsible for giving for giving up everything for, like, your kid's happiness or your kid's freedom or joy or whatever. And I just don't agree with that. I think that, like, if you don't have balance, like, in your life as, like, a mother – and there's certainly some years that I don't have balance, like, because mm-hmm. of my kids' needs and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But I think generally, like, as a mother, if you don't have any balance in your life, like, you aren't going to be – a good balanced mother who can hold boundaries and teach re- and teach um, values to your kids and like have a, a marriage that like works and like, you know, all those, all that stuff if you and have friendships and like be a person because like the truth is like one day your kids are going to leave the house and like you still need to be a person. You can't just yeah. be like a complete like shell of yourself either. Yeah. Like because, because you chose motherhood and stuff like I, I don't like that near and there's certainly there are certainly I definitely feel like I've gotten better at that. Like I feel like I with Alda when she was that. little, I was a martyr for like her yeah. happiness. And I feel like as time goes on, you realize like how unsustainable that is and how it's not even healthy for your kids. It's not it's healthy for them to never learn. People. Yeah, it's not healthy for them to learn that like they're never you know, oh mom's always there she can always she'll always put me to bed she'll always nurse me when I want to like it's healthy for them like emotions are not evil like them having negative emotions is not bad it's like you helping like you that's a teaching opportunity for you to mm-hmm. teach them how to like navigate those negative emotions and yeah. work through them because life is full of negative right. emotions yeah it's like our job as parents <laughs> is not to shield them from all the bad things like bad things are going to happen mm-hmm. in their life like hard things are going to happen that they're going to have to be able to navigate. Like our job is to help them navigate those things um, in a respectful way, you know, that that is helpful to them. That's really the balance, right? Between like, what is our, like defining what is our role as parents? Is it to make our kids life happy and joyful or is it to prepare them to be like, adult and productive members of society and like to find their place in this world and what brings them joy and happiness and like stuff like is that like our job or is our job to like make their life easier to make their life happy to be the joy givers like and I think or to make their life easier like what is our job and I think that that's where a lot of people get hung up of like they just want to see their kids happy which is like, I like to see my kids happy. I like to be yeah. their person that they can fall back on and make their day easier and joy filled and stuff. But in reality, like, our, like, they're not going to be in our house or forever. And our job is to make them, like, to make them prepared for, like, the real world and adulthood and stuff. I feel like now as my kids are getting older, I'm realizing that more of, like, it's doing them a disservice by, like, not teaching them how to act in a classroom or not teaching them how to listen to a teacher and act when the world isn't revolved around them. Like, that's doing them a, them a disservice in the long run, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and it's, it's a journey, you know. Like you said, 
my first years as a mom, like, yeah, but it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. No, no, definitely for sure. And as they get older, it just gets more and more complicated, right? Like trying mm-hmm. to always be, oh, yeah. be that person and be there and not like have them learn their yeah. place and, and their I mean, independence. I think, too, and- as you become, you know, as you travel through it, like you get more confident and you, you know, you learn more and you learn more about your kids and your kids change. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's just, there's no one's ever perfect, but, um, yeah. And that's for sure too. Like I definitely also believe in like the sense that what works for one kid, like doesn't work for every kid. So like, just because Mm -hmm. one, two, three magic works really good for Alda. It doesn't mean that it's going to like work for Desi or that it would work for your kids or like anything like that. Like, but you do have to try to find like what that individual kid's personality and like needs are and how they can like be met, be met there. Yeah. And I think just not shutting them down. Like you have to, Mm -hmm. you have to learn about your kids. You have to learn why they're getting upset about something, why, you know, finding that root cause and really working on that versus just being like, like you shouldn't be crying. Like you, that's a stupid that. reason to cry. Yeah. 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 Like, I mean, maybe it does feel that way to you, but like, you know, to them, it could be, it could be different. And because they mm-hmm. are their own person with their own personality and their own thoughts. And that becomes more apparent yeah. the older they get, you know? So For I sure. think that's the biggest thing with, you know, the difference in authoritative parenting and gentle parenting, parenting, like finding that middle mm-hmm. ground. Um, so you can yes. do both. totally well good talk yeah it was a good talk figuring this out maybe in like two years from now when our kids are in kindergarten we have way more like perspective (laughs) on all of this and how other kids act and how our kids act and all this stuff we could talk about it again but I do think it's just something that this last these last few months I've been just thinking a lot about I don't know about you but like we didn't talk at all about parenting before we had kids. Like we didn't talk about, like we talked about like maybe baby, we didn't even talk about baby stuff that much, but we definitely didn't think to the point of like, how are we going to parent our kids? Like I didn't think about that at all until I just got there and then was like, oh shit, like this kid doesn't just have to be fed and diapered anymore. Yeah, I think the only things that we talked about, like what are what sports our kids will play, and like how we'll handle uh-huh. extracurricular activities, and you know stuff uh-huh. like that. But like when it comes down to like the nitty gritty day to day of parenthood, like no, we didn't really talk about that, and that's no. another layer of like meshing because like me and my husband are not always on the same page, and like meshing, mm-hmm. that, what is that going to look like for our family? Mm-hmm. You know, so. Totally. Another layer of it all. Oh and yeah, I think that's, that's for sure. For a lot of people, you know, everyone's yeah, brought especially- up a little bit differently, and mm-hmm. we have our own like vision or like idea of what parenting looks like based off of you know our parents, and so oh yeah, for out, sure, you know, yeah. And I think that's for sure true in our household too. Of like just had very different upbringings and like how our parents parented. And so it's like really hard to mesh. And then also Mm -hmm. like my, I think especially for my husband wanting to parent very differently than his parents, it was like a big, like, well, what does that even look like? Cause I don't know. Like, cause he kind of grew up in a circle where everybody parented like his parents. So he was like, what does that even look like to parent differently? And so I feel like there's just like a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of just discussions and, and figuring yeah. out as we go, which is like, it's horrible. Like your first child, it truly is like the experiment. Like, <laughs> like is, we're going to try is, like what we can. It's it is messy. messy yeah. It's hard, but it's also so rewarding. And when you do mm-hmm. find things that work for your kids that make your life easier mm-hmm. and make their life easier, then you're like, yeah, like that's rewarding. We're figuring it mm-hmm. out, you know? And so for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely- I think social media makes that so hard though, which we've talked about before of like, yeah. you feel like you're a bad parent all the time on social media because like all, like we, you know, like I said, like timeouts really work for us. And then I'll read this, like this thing on social media. That's like, if you put your kid in timeout, you're abandoning them. And I'm like, I don't feel like that's true of like how it works for us is like a very positive experience for not only me but also for my daughter like it works really good for her so but it's like so hard to like sometimes those those things like 
that we see on social media invokes such like an emotional response when you read something like that, that you like really kind of take a step back and are like, oh my gosh, like, am I a horrible parent? Like even someone who's generally a very confident person, like it's hard to navigate social media, especially when it comes to parenting, because there's, there's so many emotions at stake because we all want to do what's like best for our kid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and everyone's people are out there. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. so like if you're really having such negative responses to something that you're seeing on social media, like just unfollow, like don't, Mm -hmm. don't follow those people, you know, totally, totally that, you know, that you relate to and yeah. And I think sometimes you can think like, oh, since they have such a big following, they must be right. Or this must work for everybody. So like, what is what is wrong with me that is not working for me or something Mm -hmm. like that. And so I think that it's just so important to remember, like even the people behind giant social media accounts are still just literally people with like they're one or two people with, you know, maybe they do have degrees and stuff in this stuff, but that doesn't mean that just because that they have degrees in it or whatever, that they're a hundred percent right. And they know what works for your kid and for what your family. No, I mean, you can take two people with the exact same training and experience. We see this in our work all the time and they handle situations differently and they have differing opinions. Like it, you know, our opinions all come from, yes, it comes from training and experience and stuff, but like our personal experiences too. Oh yeah. And we talk about this in birth all the time. Like what's really important is taking the information, taking the studies, the research and everything, and then applying it to your intuition. Like take mm-hmm. your, I think we talk about this all the time. Like your, our intuition is something that's so far gone in our current day and age with how much research and studies and opinions from experts we have out on social media mm-hmm. and in our lives and in articles and in blogs and everything like that. So like, I think it's really important to take, take the research, take the studies, and then also take our intuition and try to mm-hmm. like figure out what is our intuition telling us is right for our kid that we know and we know their personality and what can we take to apply to apply to our intuition and make and make it work and stuff. So I think that that's really important. Yeah. 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 Well, this has been a great episode. Yeah. It's a long Sorry, one. I ranted a lot. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. I think, I think it's relatable. I think – you know, it's just a huge topic. Um, mm-hmm. And right something now, ever, especially a lot of people in our, yeah, and a, pe- a lot of people in our age bracket with kids mm-hmm. in our age bracket are just starting to think about and figure out and mm-hmm. stuff and have conversations about. Um, so, yeah. Well, yeah. thanks for chatting yeah, I hope with me about it. I hope our listeners enjoy it. And, yeah, and I'd love to hear like conversation about what they think, if they think mm-hmm. we're wrong, if what different things that have worked <laughs> for them. Um, yeah. I'd love to I'd love to hear because we're all like learning and growing and just trying to figure this out right now too. So anyways, yeah. keep keep yeah. momming in the middle, everybody. Right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Bye. All right. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week on Moms in the Middle. If you like this episode, make sure to leave us a review and hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts in order to receive notifications on new episodes. If you want to follow us on social media, check out our show notes for links to our profiles. Have a great week and we'll catch you in the middle next time.